Welcome to Voices of the Walk, Pass for All's everyday walking podcast. Our mission is to get Scotland walking, everyone, everywhere and every day. In this podcast series, we'll be hearing from a variety of Scotland's walking champions who are helping make our vision a reality. To celebrate National Walking Month, we're taking a look back at the highlights from the first series of Voices of the Walk, when we heard from academics, volunteer health walk leaders, parents and everyday walkers who all believe in the power of walking. It has become increasingly apparent during this series of Voices of the Walk that the social impact of group health walk activity cannot be underestimated. So, first up, we'll hear from those coordinating and leading health walks in Renfrewshire, Glasgow and Prestwick. Let's listen back to what Senga McLeod, Heather McLeod and Alyssa Wilson had to share with us. I think the social impact is amazing. I um, I think sometimes that outweighs the physical mm-hmm. impact. Yeah. I've seen people come along and didn't know anyone. Suddenly I introduce them to someone and they're friends with them and then they meet other people. They're going holidays, they're going nights out. They've got a great social life once mm. they get into that. Yeah, the, it's a good, stepping through, isn't it? It's just yeah. a springboard to lots of other activities, isn't it? No, absolutely. Huge. And it's, it's our job, I suppose, in the communities to signpost them to these other other activities that are happening in the community. But the social impact, I can't stress it enough, it is huge. Yeah. Absolutely huge. And I think, um, I suppose just to illustrate it a wee bit, I had a training course um, a week or so ago, and it was quite a small one, so it was, we got to know each other quite well, but when we were talking about the benefits and the health benefits, um, two of them actually got quite tearful, seeing they came forward as what leaders to support the group because it had such an impact on them. Um, one, um, her husband had been ill and she was caring for him, mm-hmm. and she said that was just a wee bit of time for, you know, a bit of space for her. Mm-hmm to regroup and what have you and then when her, her husband sadly passed she goes the group were there for me um you know they came to the funeral and they were you know I was able to keep coming and they were, they were so welcoming and supportive at the walk but also out with it as well um another lady she said you know she could hardly walk um I came along the group were so welcoming and the leader really just helped build her confidence mm-hmm. and she said you know I literally you know had to after 100 meters or whatever had to sit down but over time you know, she just got so much fitter and she'd just gone up the cobbler at the weekend with her grandson wow, and she thought really? she would never achieve that and it was just fabulous. She was showing the photographs and everything. So, And I think when you hear those stories, again, that makes it all feel worthwhile and you get quite, you're quite passionate about it and you get quite um, yep. you know emotional about it yourself. But Absolutely. I think the impact, as Senga said, is just, just massive. We had a lady and her mother come on a walk one time and I think, I don't know whether she'd seen us on Facebook or quite where she'd heard about us, but she was consider- her, considering, her mother was considering moving down to Prestwick and moving into one of the retirement flats that are on the seafront. Um, and she just wanted to see what was available in the area for her mum because, you know, this, she was moving out of her area and <laughs> brought her mum along on the walk absolutely loved it and bought a flat the next week and that lady has been coming ever since the mum has been coming ever since so I think you know it it gave the daughter a huge amount of comfort and kind of to know that this was here for her mum and that she would have an instant community to to jump into Mm. Um, so important as you're saying that lady's leaving an area that she is familiar to her yeah. Um, and, and you guys have provided that anchor. 
If you were to ask them, like that lady, for example, what, what they get out of it, what do you think they'd say? The social side, the conversation, the company. Obviously, they're getting the health benefit of going on the walk. For some of them, they would walk anyway. If you've got a dog, you walk anyway. But there's a difference between walking on your own, a huge difference between walking on your own and walking with other people. And having an appointment, you know, having something every week. And that is one thing I would say is really important for a dementia-friendly walk is mm. you are there. Come hail, come shine, whatever. You are there. We don't take holidays. We don't have, you know, we don't <laughs> stop for six weeks in the summer or whatever. There, People know, even on the most foul days, that you can imagine down the seafront in the winter, sometimes, you know, the waves crashing over. We know no one will turn up. We don't really want anyone to turn up. We don't want to put anyone's lives at risk. Um, but we have to turn up because if anyone does come, we're there. We don't ever want anyone to come and not find someone waiting for them to welcome them. As well as hearing about the benefits experienced by those already participating in activity, we also spoke to a number of experts and researchers who shared with us how we can motivate more people to get and stay active. Let's listen back to reflections from Professor Nanette Mutri and researcher Mary Allison. One of the crystal clear messages is that we must try to frame things in a positive way. And I feel that many previous messages about physical activity are framed in a negative way. You know, if you think back over the past five years, we might have seen reduce your risk of heart attack, reduce your risk of stroke, reduce your chances of being overweight. These are quite negatively framed. So the evidence is telling us that when you positively frame it, physical activity can help you feel better, lift your mood, uh, even a short walk around the block can change the way you feel. These shorter term, positively framed messages are heard much better. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is to target your message to the group that you mm -hmm. want to hear it. So one single message probably doesn't work across the population. We need a message for children, for adults, for older adults, etc. So uh, these things are the top line findings. Broadly speaking, there are people who, who get involved in the challenge right at the very beginning because they feel not as healthy as they'd like to feel. Um, so there's a kind of health pathway. There's people who want to lose weight, who want to get a bit fitter, who want to get a bit more active and who know that they will feel better if they do that. So that's one strand I've been looking at. And that's all about our beliefs about our health and our beliefs about what will help us to um, improve our health. And often we will seek out things, whether it's, you know, a weight loss club or a walking challenge or a cycling challenge. We will look for things that we believe will help us to become more of the person we want to be. Um, and sometimes it's more of the ideal we think we can be or the thing we think we ought to be. But either way, we'll start to find things. And a lot of people find themselves in the step count challenge for that reason. Some people find themselves in the step count challenge because um, a colleague tapped him on the shoulder and went, will you be in the team? Um, and there's a bit of peer pressure. So there's a bit of, oh, I don't want to let people down. Uh, I feel I really should do this for the sake of my colleagues. And actually, one of the things I've been finding is that that gentle 
peer pressure done in with good intent and in the spirit of teamwork can be really helpful for getting people involved in something that they might not otherwise have got involved in. And often that does create a, a great sense of teamwork in in a in a workplace. And and I've been finding both in the data I've got about um, the step count challenge, but also data I've got from other challenges that people start to um, make bridges and bond with people uh, that they didn't know before. So sometimes people work in large organisations and they don't, you know, they pass people in the stairs or get into lifts with people and they they smile at them regularly, but they don't know their name, they don't know what they do, they don't know what the connection is in their workplace. And challenges like this can often bring people together to learn because they often go out for a walk together um, and they might start to learn a little bit more about what they do. And that has that's one of the things that we've been discovering has quite a spillover for businesses in the long term is that people can become more productive because they find solutions through working with other people that they think can help them. Many of us experienced a renewed appreciation for our local paths as walking became a source of solace during the first coronavirus lockdown in 2020. We heard from a number of guests who shared what walking meant to them in the context of the pandemic. Let's revisit excerpts from Jenny Murray and Terry McTernan who shared their experience of lockdown walking as part of our Humans of the Walk campaign. I did get a wee part-time job as a COVID response worker in the local community and the, the local network of paths proved vital in my being able to do that job as well as uh, being able to just, for my own mental health, uh, get out and about in a breath of fresh air um, as well as, more importantly, taking Tia, our wee dog, out on her daily uh, walks as well. So we went walking lots during lockdown once a day initially when that's all we were allowed and then as as things um, lifted a bit, we you know we're doing a bit more each day. But initially, um, we'd go in the early evenings, usually at the end of a, a day of doing schoolwork or you know hanging out at home, working from home, and it was just something we all looked forward to. Probably not initially for the kids. Um, it was something I think they grew to enjoy more as it became a kind of regular part of every single day. Um, I don't think we missed a single day of going out or our daily walk. And the kids particularly started to enjoy it once we discovered our local golf course, um, that they were encouraging people to, to come in and walk on the grounds. And I think because that was literally about a 10-minute walk from our house, it was somewhere we had never been on the grounds before, and it was just so interesting. We kept finding different areas, different wee buildings, lots of wildlife, rabbits, we saw deer, and it got to the stage that... You know, as long as we went there, the kids were happy. Um, so that became our go-to place. I'm very lucky uh, that in our community we have a park right in the middle of the community, as well as a village green in the kind of central part of the community. And they're very well connected thanks to a path improvement plan that was introduced just recently. I would use those paths not only to access local people who had perhaps expressed a need to be helped in some way, but also uh, taking my dog for a walk and really just improving on my own mental health. And it was a very frustrating time. So um, it was great just to be able to get out. For me, um, I actually really just enjoyed 
wandering sometimes just in some of the local streets, local um, estates that I hadn't checked out since I moved here two and a half years ago. So it wasn't always about um, the amazing views and scenery, which we are very spoiled with here. Sometimes it was just about wandering and having a look in people's windows and just at how quiet everything was um, and just being together, just spending time with the kids away from, you know, cooking, eating, watching TV, just doing stuff. Um, we'll definitely keep walking as a family. We've been doing so now as, as restrictions have lifted. We always have done anyway. Um, but I think the kids realise um, how, how good it is for you, how, how good it makes you feel. Over the last year, we have also seen the impact of connecting with nature while outdoors come into focus. This has been an emerging theme throughout our series. Let's listen back to interviews with academics Professor Shane O'Mara and Dr Caroline Harvey to hear more about what engaging with our surroundings can do for us. And there's just little doubt about it. Walking with some element of nature around you uh, is a good thing. And uh, city or built environments that are completely denuded of nature are, are places that people feel more unhappy and greater levels of stress in. Uh, and there's a reason why, um, I, I, and this is something I, I mentioned in the book, the, you know, the leafy suburbs are leafy for a reason and they're expensive for a reason because this is where people want to live. People don't want to live on the edge of a motorway with a, a wonderful view of the trucks uh, careering by. What they want is, is a view of nature. And this is something that actually we really need to think about in terms of public health. Um, walking in nature is intrinsically more rewarding, even if it's just a local park. Uh, than uh, walking along a, a busy street. So our, our town councils, our, uh, our urban planners really need to be thinking about how to build elements of nature into the built environment. And what you see is when people walk in nature, they, they uh, have a drop in the level of their stress hormones, uh, in particular the stress hormone uh, cortisol. Uh, they feel more disengaged from their day-to-day -day problems. In other words, they're kind of decentering a little from that. Uh, and they feel themselves in a, in a, a kind of a, a more expansive context where they're more in contact uh, with nature and they're more relaxed. And these are all good things for individuals and for society, of course, at large. So one activity that people might want to have a go at doing is noticing the good things in nature. So we've carried out research projects that have looked at the impact of this for people. And we know that generally noticing good things around you has a positive impact on you. And noticing the good things in nature can also have a positive impact. So this might be quite a nice activity to do while you're out on a walk. It's just to look for um, the good things that you notice while you're out on the walk. And you might want to think about identifying the three best things or the three good things that really stood out for you on that walk. And then when you get home, you might want to reflect on these when you're back at home and spend a bit of time thinking about them because the research has shown that this can actually have a positive impact on you in terms of your overall sort of well-being and I think it also helps us to notice the beauty that is around us so spotting that cherry blossom that's just coming out on the tree or the hawthorn buds that are just starting to unfurl at the moment with spring coming or maybe it's the um, I don't know the smell as you're walking through the forest after there's been some rain you know that really leafy peaty smell that you get when you walk through woodland that these can all be good things that you can notice and very often they're really small things 
but when you focus on them they can give you a lot of pleasure and so noticing those good things can be a really fun task to do while you're out on a walk but also gives you something nice to take back home with you in terms of a very clear memory of what you really enjoyed about being on that walk in nature so that's certainly something I'd recommend people give a go. Thank you to all our podcast guests from series one we'll be back with series two very soon.